Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio AM 640, AM 900, the number 1-855-821-5900. Anytime you need to get a hold of Lior, that or email is help at employmenthour.com. We will get to the severance pay calculator, an amazing tool we talk about every week here on the show. Hundreds of thousands have used it, so we'll uh, fill you in in that regard here in just a bit. But we always start with the uh, the week that was. How was the week yeah, that was? That's right. Mm. Thanks, Johnny. Really appreciate it. Happy to be back here. Always, uh, always a pleasure, and, and thank you for all all our listeners for wanting to learn about employment law and, the, and your workplace rights. These obviously are very important things, things that you really need to know about. We're, we're not just talking about this as hypothetical issues. These are real life issues, real things, things that are going to impact you if you don't know. Law is important. You spend so much time in your work. Things come up. You may not understand what your rights are, what your obligations are. That's what we're here to do. So to get us uh, started and, and uh, get us understanding some of the issues that we're, we often deal with on the show, let me address uh, a couple of, a couple of scenarios. Mm-hmm. The first one I'll talk about has to do with uh, temporary layoffs. And now we've talked before on the show, John, we know that a temporary layoff is actually illegal. It's a termination. So if you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination. You don't have to sit at home and wait to be called back. Now, the exception to that, as we know, is a situation where the employer's done this before, where there's a practice that's been established allowing the employer to lay you off. Well, that also has its limitations. And the, and the matter that I talked, uh, I'll talk to you about, very recent matter for me, uh, a gentleman called me. He uh, worked for a landscaping company for about seven or eight years. And every year, right around Christmas time, he was laid off uh, for the season and called back in the spring, right around March or so. So from, from Christmas... Till, till the spring, till March, he was off every year for about seven or eight years. So that was fine. So in, in that case, that employer is allowed to do that. That became a term of employment. No problem. Except this year, he was actually laid off in September. Uh, he was laid off in September. The company said, well, we're slower, so we're going to lay you off in September instead of December. So we're going to lay off some uh, three months earlier than usual. And hopefully, if everything goes well, we'll call you back in the spring. He was absolutely upset about that, and he heard me on the show, and he called me recently. And he asked me, can they do that? Well, the interesting thing about it, John, is that the practice that's been established over the years is a layoff from December until March. That's the practice. That's what it's been agreed on. That's the, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. Not from September till March. So because of that, now the employers changed the deal. The employers implemented a, a new term that, no, no, we're going to lay off from September. That's different. That is not something they're allowed to do because they change the way things have been done. So what does this mean for this employee? He has an option. Option number one is he can say, well, I'm not happy, but I'll, I'll wait and hopefully I'll go back in the spring. Or he can say, well, no, that's not the deal. I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to treat that as a termination, a constructive dismissal, and make you pay me my full severance. So we're done. That's not the deal. I'm not going to lose two months' pay, and I'm simply going to treat that as a termination. So he's decided to treat that as a termination, and now I'm helping him get his compensation, get his severance. For him, that's probably right around nine months' pay that he'd be owed. So that's a very important lesson there for our listeners, that even if you have agreed in the past to a layoff, and now it's become a term of employment, if your employer wants to institute a layoff that's completely different than what's been agreed on, that could be a termination as well. So the bottom line here, to simplify, if you've been laid off temporarily, you really should get some advice to, so you can determine 
whether that is in fact a termination. It's amazing because you said, you know, completely different that sentence. And I would have thought, you know, the difference between September and December, you know, three months, give or take, would be a very small window, wouldn't rise to the, uh, to the uh, you know, amount of being a, a termination. But that's a little window, but no, it does. So, John, if I told you uh, a course is not going to be paying you for the next three months, would you feel that that's not a big deal? Forget it, I'm right? out of here. A, it, that's right. <laughs> right. You know, it is a big deal, right? Yeah. Because another three months, he's not going to get paid. Uh, so, you know, if it was a, a couple of weeks, yeah, you probably would be right. It wouldn't be a big deal. But something like that is significant for someone to now be uh, effectively not earning income or much, much less, he may get EI. Uh, it is a big deal. That's why it's a constructive dismissal. What else you got for us? Now, the second thing I want to talk about actually is, is not a, a, a story. Uh, it has to do with a call that we got on our last show right at the end of the call. So we didn't really have a chance to address it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a caller talked, was a bit upset. He was calling as an employer and he was, you know, effectively saying, you know, why are we always focusing on the employee? What about the poor employer that, you know, may have rights as right. well and may have a problem employee there and what can they do? Now, I, I want to I say something. You know, the, the reason why I, I focus on, on the uh, employees often on the show is only because that's what our laws favor. To be very honest with you, John, our employment laws favor the employee. It's not because I said so. It's just the way that it is. So you may think that the law is too restrictive or bad for the employer, but that's the way the law is. So there's no point getting upset at me. Just like if I was uh, an accountant and giving tax advice and saying you should be paying 50% tax, there's no point getting upset at me for saying that because that's what the law is. If you don't like the law, you know, you can uh, try to change the law. So ultimately, that's what we're doing here. We're trying to tell people what the law is. And guess what, John? The law favors the employee. Now, for an employer, uh, this gentleman talked about, you know, I have someone that's always late and, and you know, how do I deal with that? And there's all these laws. Drinking well, and can, stuff too was part yeah. of it, I remember, yeah. Well, but, but you can deal with that. You can build up a case. You can take measures. You can't just do whatever you want. You can say, well, you're out of here because. So, but, but, you know, the law does give you the right to, to manage your workplace and manage your workforce. There's just ways to do that. So uh, I'm happy to answer specific questions. But remember, the law is what the law is. All I can ever hope to do is educate people on that law and, and encourage people not to be worried about pursuing their legal rights because as an individual, the law is actually quite good, quite extensive. The problem, of course, John, is many people don't understand what the law is. That's why we're here. We'll take a short break. That number, one 821 5900 for employees and employers alike. That and email anytime is help at employmenthour.com. We'll get right back into it with the severance pay calculator after this. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. It's Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The email address is help at employmenthour.com. And we'll get to this right away. Severance pay calculator. We've been doing this for a couple of years. Hundreds of thousands of people have, have used it or at least tried it, whether they need it or not, just for curiosity's sake. Uh, give us some details on it, man. Yeah, that's right, John. And, you know, we always have new listeners on the show. And I always, always want to encourage people to use the, the severance calculator. So first of all, logistics. How do you use it? You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, it's severancepaycalculator.com. And what does it do? Well, the name says kind of says it all, essentially. It tells you, it calculates how much severance you're owed, if you lost your job, if you may lose your job, or just are worried and, and are, or are curious to know what you're owed. How does it do that? It asks you for three pieces of information, mm-hmm. how old you are, the length of your employment, and the type of job. 
To, to answer these questions, you just select from a drop-down menu. It takes flat 20 seconds to do that. That's it. And once you've done that, it tells you whether you're owed 6 months severance, 12 months severance, 24, whatever it is, it gives you an assessment of what you're owed. It's an important tool to have because you may have lost your job, you're in shock, you're walking out of the boardroom with the, the paper that they gave you where they say they've offered you eight weeks pay and you want to know, is that appropriate? Am I owed more? Should I accept? Should I not accept? Well, to start off that analysis, to get you that answer, you go to severancepaycalculator.com and you find out whether that offer is good enough. If it is, great. If it's not, you know you need to get some advice. And if you want to, you can contact me directly from the Severance Calculator. It's free. It's easy to use. It's anonymous. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And we should mention, based on our conversation just before we uh, took our last break, that there's an employer mode as well. So if you're an employer wanting what it would cost to uh, unload an employee, so to speak, you can go there and do the same thing, yeah? That's right. There's an employer mode. Not only does it uh, tell the employer... Uh, how much they would owe, what their liability is. It also gives some additional suggestions and advice as to how to potentially reduce that liability. So for employers, you can also use the severancepaycalculator.com. Well, uh, like I said, uh, the email address is help at employmenthour.com. We're going to focus on a lot of those uh, this week, Lior, because we just, you know, we get to them when we can, but between phone calls and other sources of uh, response from listeners, they kind of get neglected from week to week. So we'll, we'll hammer through a bunch of these uh, for the remainder of the hour. Richard writes in uh, recently the other day, says, how come an employer can let me go with no notice if I did nothing wrong? Yeah, thanks, Richard. And, and, you know, this is an important question. And it's a question that I get very often, uh, probably, probably one of the most common questions. I did nothing wrong. Why should they be allowed to let me go? I work every day. I'm on time. I do a good job. I, I, I don't get in trouble. Uh, I get good performance reviews. What did I do? Why should I be losing my job now? And, and that's, you know what, I'll start off by saying, I agree. Uh, it, it's, it's probably wrong. It's unfair. Maybe it's unethical. Uh, that said, that is what the law allows an employer to do. An employer is allowed to let you go even though you've done nothing wrong, even though there was no warning or there's really no reason. The employer, though, has to pay severance. So oftentimes people contact me not because they care about how much severance and not even thinking in terms of severance. They're simply thinking about, I lost my job. Why have I lost my job? That's a wrongful dismissal, isn't it? Well, unfortunately, John, as, as you know, we've talked about this before on the show, it's not a wrongful dismissal just because they let you go. What makes it a wrongful dismissal is if they let you go and did not pay you proper severance. And as we've said before, over 90% of people, probably even more than that, when they are let go, are not offered anything near, anything even close to what their severance is that they're actually owed. So, Richard, to, to, to finally answer your question... They can do that. They can let you go without warning, even though you've done nothing wrong, because that's what the law allows them to do. But Richard, I don't know anything about your matter, but I bet anything that if they've offered you severance, that severance is not even close to being adequate. You need to call me or use the severance calculator to find out how much you're owed, because that money is important. You need that money to carry you until you find another job, and you don't want to run out of money and not have another job then you're really in trouble. I know you spend a lot of time when you get calls and people coming to your office for the first time, you spend a lot of time just getting uh, getting them over the shock, over the bucket of water in the face of having a loser job and, and say, you know what, let's, let's, let's move away from there. Let's focus on what you need to do. And that's the money at the end of the trail, right? Every day, John, you know, every single day people call me, they email me, we, I, I meet with people, and they're, they're shocked. They're, they're upset. They're very emotional, and not because they're not offered proper severance. They're, they're upset because they lost their job. 
And, you know, most of us work really hard at our job. We take it seriously. We do our best. And, and we feel that as long as we do that, we should keep our job. You know, it, it is what it is. In Canada, uh, an employer can let us go at any time for any reason. It's a question of severance. And that is my job often is to help people focus on that, on that compensation. Your job is gone, unfortunately. We can't get it back. But we can make sure that you're compensated properly so that you have the, the all the time that you need to find another job. one 821 5900 is the phone number anytime, and it is uh, help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to one more here before we uh, wrap up this segment, about a minute and a half. Uh, Andrew says, I'm on disability leave, and my employer has just been sold. Can I lose my LTD, and what does it mean for me? Thanks, uh, thanks Andrew. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good question. So let's start off with the easy part. If you're on a disability leave, you're receiving a long-term disability, LTD, uh, and something happens to the company, they get sold, etc. No, you do not lose your LTD. You can stay on LTD as long as you qualify, as long as you're unable to work, even until age 65. So irrespective of what happened, you don't lose your LTD. Now, your employment status may be impacted. If the business is sold, the question is, does the new company take over your employment or, or did they not? If they take over your employment, then you can continue being an employee of the new company until you're ready to come back to work. If, in fact, uh, they didn't take over your employment, that your employment is terminated, and despite the fact that you're on disability, you may be owed severance. So what I would do is I would contact the company and find out what does this mean for me? Am I going to be an employee of the new company or not? That may mean, or, or mean, yeah, they may mean you may be owed severance. It does not, though, impact your LTD. That's the important thing. You can continue staying on disability, and you not have to worry about that all of a sudden the payments are going to stop. Get lots more of your emails coming this hour. It is help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't checked out the severance pay calculator, you can do that as well. And, of course, calling Lior outside of show hours uh, when he's not on the air is 1-855-821-5900. Lots more Employment Hour coming right up. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 here in the Employment Hour, and the email is help at employmenthour.com. We're getting through a bunch of these today as they stack up. Questions to be asked and answered here for the remainder of the hour. Daniela writes in, says, can Lior explain why is there uh, why there is such a big difference between what the severance calculator says, and I know where this is going, yeah, the Ministry of Labor. Big difference. Why is that? Yeah. Well, you know, John, I mean, I, I'm going to try to hold myself back here because I could probably talk about this uh, for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, th- there's a difference. There's a huge difference. And people get confused all the time. People always contact me and say, well, Lior, how can you tell me I'm owed 24 months severance when I looked on the Ministry of Labor website or maybe I even called the Ministry of Labor and they told me I'm owed eight weeks severance? So w- what gives? So it's so important. This is a really, really important question. I'm glad we've been asked it. I want to explain it. So here's how it works, John. The Ministry of Labor can only advise someone with respect to their minimum entitlements. That word minimum is key. Yes. Only your minimum entitlements. But why is the word key? Because your minimum entitlements are not your full entitlements. They're a small fraction. They're a small portion of what your full entitlements actually are. So when you go on the Ministry of Labor website and you find out how much severance should you be getting after three years of work, you're going to see three weeks. Why? Because three weeks is your minimum entitlement. It's not your full entitlement, not even close. 
Your full entitlements could be six months pay, eight months pay, depending on, on, on your age and the type of job that you've had. So that has nothing to do with your full entitlements. And, and where do these full entitlements come from? It comes from our courts. Over the years, our courts have created law, what we call a common law, that outlines exactly what you're owed in certain situations. So, and that those are the amounts over and above your minimum. So when you go to the severance calculator, for example, and you input your information and it tells you you're owed eight months pay, that calculates what the common law provides, what the law provides to be your full entitlements, not your minimum entitlements. That's why you're wasting your time if you go to the Ministry of Labor's website or call them because they'll tell you what your minimum entitlements are. And that's it. That's, that's a waste of time. Who cares what those minimum entitlements are? You need to know what your full entitlements are. That is why there's a difference. That's why you shouldn't bother, shouldn't waste your time contacting the Ministry of Labor. They can't help you, not with respect to termination. They can help you with other things. Overtime, vacation pay, hours of work, unsafe work. They cannot help you when, when you lost your job. For that, you have to seek legal advice. We're email, uh, going through emails today. Help at employmenthour.com. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll get you a hold of the or when the show uh, is over. We get to Steve here. Says I usually work around fifty hours of overtime a month for which I get paid. My company just decided to hire another employee, so from now on, I have no overtime. Can they do this? Wow. So a very good question, Steve. So here's how this works. If, in fact, you've been working this overtime, this extra over hours regularly, so it's not something that you work sometimes, sometimes not. If it's a regular thing and you've been doing this for a while, it becomes a term of employment. You can now count on your compensation to include these extra 50 hours a month, right? You know that my compensation usually is you know, this amount or close to it because I have these 50 hours. It's consistent. I know it. I can count on it. If your employer now decides, well, from now on, we're not going to do that. From now on, you don't get these extra 50 hours a month, and you're not going to get paid for it. This is going to impact your compensation significantly, presumably. We could easily be looking at thousands of dollars a month. Because of that, that is a change that's significant. It could easily and does easily rise to the level of a constructive dismissal. It's as if your employer is saying, well, I'm going to reduce your pay by $15,000 a year. That doesn't matter if it comes out of your overtime or instead of your regular base salary. The net effect is you're making less money. So no, uh, Steve, your employer cannot do that. So what you now have is an option. You can accept this and continue working without overtime. That is your call. Or you can say, no, I'm not accepting that. This is a significant change. This is a constructive dismissal. And I'm going to leave and you're going to pay me my severance. Uh, and depending how long you've worked for this company, uh, you, it may be significant. So give me a call, Steve, before you do anything, before you quit, uh, before you confront your employer. Let's talk about it and assess how much you're actually going to be owed. But this is an important question and a very important uh, thing for our listeners to know that if your employer all of a sudden eliminates your overtime, if that impacts your compensation in a significant way, that absolutely does rise to the level of a constructive dismissal. So Steve sent that email, you know, around 50 hours, so I'm sure it'll fluctuate month to month. So he gets a hold of you. You guys turn around and try to calculate this from a dollar perspective. How do you handle it? We would look at an average, John. Mm-hmm. We, we, depending how long he's worked there, we'd look either at a few-month average or even a two- or three-year average, and we would see how much he usually makes. If he's been there for 10 years, we'd probably look at the last three years. If he's been there for a year, we'd probably look at the last three months. Uh, and and uh, based on that, calculate how, how much his compensation is generally on average. And we will use that amount to calculate his entitlement. So if he's owed uh, eight months severance, for example, 
It's going to be based on his average earnings, including his average overtime. We'll get to one more here before we break. Leanne writes in, says, my boss announced that a company I work for is likely to shut down in the next year. Can I quit and get severance? Yeah, no, thank you very much uh, for that question, Leanne. And it is a common question. You just found out that your employment is going to terminate. It's going to, the company is going to shut down at some point. You don't want to be there with a sinking Titanic. You want to get off the ship. And you're absolutely allowed to do that. The problem is, John, if you leave before the Titanic sinks, you don't get your severance. So, Leanne, if you actually leave before the company lets you go, uh, you're, you're allowed. There's nothing illegal at all about that. But that, in the eyes of the law, becomes a resignation, which means two things. Number one, you're not going to get severance. Number two, you're also not going to qualify for EI, employment insurance. So it's your decision. If there's a good opportunity somewhere, you probably should take it, you know, and, and, you know, not wait. But if there isn't a good opportunity, you may want to stick it out till the end so that you can get your severance, so that you can qualify for EI. Uh, otherwise, it is a resignation. Does it make a difference if the company is, quote-unquote, shutting down? Will they try to shut her out or claim bankruptcy or anything? Or is she almost guaranteed to get some severance out of them? Yeah, she is. I mean, a bankruptcy is not something that's planned. You know, oh, yeah. a year from now, John, we're going to go bankrupt. It's, right. you know, You know, it happens when it happens. Uh, usually when a company shuts down, they just figure, you know, we have all these projects here. Beyond that, it's not going to make sense financially to keep the business going, so we're going to shut it down. Uh, or maybe we're going to sell it or sell some of the assets, whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I don't see any way where she would not get severance, of course. So, But she has to be there uh, on the last day of employment. We'll take a break. Your emails help at employmenthour.com. The number is 1-855-821-5900. If you haven't gone here, check out severancepaycalculator.com. Lots more of the Employment Hour is just ahead here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. We are concentrating heavily on emails this show because they back up and uh, people want answers. Maybe they don't have access to a phone or otherwise and they're just a little bashful, so they get us uh, through email. They can do that. By the way, anytime during the show you want to check out severancepaycalculator.com, see what you would be owed if you were let go, say today. That number is real and it's right there waiting for you to just do a couple uh, simple calculations to the website and you'll have your answer. Get to Brian here. says, I worked for a company for five years count them five years and then quit a year later they convinced me to come back three years later they just let me go how much severance am i owed well thank you very much wow. it's, it's, it's a very good question and john we, we've addressed this before on the show when the issue here comes down to how long a service do you really have now w- when you're let go obviously one of the the, the factors maybe the, the biggest factors is the length of your employment so the question here is, is he a, f- a three-year guy or an eight-year guy? Right. Do the first five years count? Now, uh, I would probably need a bit more information, but here's how it generally works. If, you've, if, if the gap in employment is relatively small, so if you work for eight years and, and the gap is a few months, even a year, you know, a year in a period of eight years or nine years is not a large gap. So that's, that already goes for him. So yep. when a gap is small, we often can disregard it. Beyond that, though, what I like from what he says in the email is even though he quit, they're the ones that came to him and convinced him to come back to work. Because they've done that, they probably implicitly recognized his service. So I would want to know more about how they may have recognized his service. Did they have him sign an employment agreement? Did he have a probationary uh, clause when he came back or did they waive it? Did he have the same employee number? Was it the same salary? So I'm going to look to see whether or not there's an argument or, or, or there's a possibility of saying 
that they've recognized his past service. When they brought him back, they weren't treating him like a new employee. They were treating him like an employee with some seniority already. In that case, he may well now be an eight-year employee, and he's owed severance as an eight-year employee. Now, we also would need to know uh, the type of job that he has and how old he is, but obviously, as an eight-year employee, he'd get a lot more severance than as a three-year employee. And it's a very important thing for our listeners to know that in many, many of these situations, what happens is you may have worked for a company uh, for a long time, but there may have been a gap or even a couple of gaps. You may not have worked there straight through, but when it comes to calculating your severance, it's quite possible, even likely, that your entire seniority is going to count, not just your last stretch with the company. And in many cases, probably most of those, the employer in its initial severance offer may only consider the last stretch and when in fact they should be looking at the entire service, which may then mean they owe you a lot, a lot more severance. You know, it's interesting because we've had this scenario on the show before through phone calls and emails and, uh, and otherwise where someone was let go and then they were brought back after, say, six months for a year and this was all true. Now, it doesn't make a difference that he quit the first time? No, it does not make a difference whatsoever whether he quit, they let him go. The circumstances of his return are important and and how they brought him back and why and and, uh, did they recognize service, but whether or not he quit, they let him go. Uh, Good faith, bad faith, it doesn't really matter why he left, matters how he came back. 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. We're going through emails on the show uh, this hour here. Chip says, I've been working from home for the last three years. My boss just told me that I have to start coming into the office two, maybe three times a week. Can they do that? Yeah, no, very good question, Chip. Thank you. Uh, And and here's how that uh, works. Now, if if at some point uh, you and your employer decide that you're going to work from home, that becomes a term of employment. Now, an employer does not have to allow you to work from home. You can't, there's no legal obligation on an employer to allow you to work from home unless there's a medical condition and that's an accommodation based on a medical condition. But they're not allowed to say, or they're not required to say, yes, we're going to allow you to work from home. But, and this is a very important, if despite the fact that the employer is not required to allow you, they do it anyway. So they Mm -hmm. say, well, you know, we're going to be good guys. We're going to allow you to do something that we don't have to allow you. And that is, you can work from home exclusively. But once they've done that, now it becomes a term of employment, which means they can't just change it. So with respect to CHIP, here's how it works. They've allowed you to work from home. Now it's three years. It's a long period of time. That is definitely a term of employment. In fact, it's an important term of employment. So if they want to change it now, they say, well, instead of working from home, we've decided you're going to come into the office a few times a week. That is a significant change, and CHIP does not have to accept that. He can absolutely treat that as a constructive dismissal and require the company to pay him severance. Now, it's his decision whether he wants to do that or whether he wants to uh, to continue working, but they can't simply change someone's work arrangement uh, even though they didn't have to be agreeable to that arrangement in the first place. So, Chip, give me a call before you do anything. We need to, to discuss more and, and, and uh, figure out if this is a constructive dismissal. What if the uh, reverse was true? He was at the office two or three times a week, and for some reason now he has to start doing some work from home, say it's a family obligation, uh, getting a kid to school, whatever. Does he have a you know, foot to stand on, or does anybody? So in some situation, your employer may have to accommodate you by giving you flexible schedule or changing your hours, even allowing you to work from home. But there would have to be a specific reason as to why that happens. Oftentimes, it may be a medical reason. So for medical reasons, I can't be in the office every day or I need you to give me some more flexibility. And here's my doctor that says that's what I need. 
If that's the case, then yeah, your employer has to accommodate that if at all possible. Even if it's not easy to the employer, they still have to accommodate. Now, there's other situations. For example, childcare responsibility or other family responsibilities, they may require you or may require the employer to be more flexible with you. Now, that is a situation where you, you can show that there's a family obligation and that the only way you can meet that obligation is by the employer accommodating you. If you can find other ways someone can help you or maybe you can uh, uh, you know, hire someone at a reasonable cost to help you, then the employer doesn't have to accommodate. But if the, if the only way you can meet those family responsibilities, child care, family care, is by the, the employer giving you uh, some help, the employer accommodating you, that the employer has to as well. It's in our human rights legislation. So that's a very good point. If you do need that accommodation, that flexibility in your work schedule or work location, and your employer is not giving that to you, you definitely have to give me a call. That number, 1-855-821-5900, and help at employmenthour.com through email. In the meantime, while we take a short break, set, uh, check out the severance pay calculator. That can be had at severancepaycalculator.com. More of the Employment Hour. It's coming up right here. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number, and it is help at employmenthour.com. As we rip through a bunch of emails on the Employment Hour uh, this show, Stan says, myself, six other colleagues have just been let go because of cost cutting. We all got two weeks' pay for each year of service. Is that what the law is? You know, wow. Uh, thank you very much, Stan, and, and very important question. And, you know, uh, it, we talked before about going to the Ministry of Labor. If Stan were to look for an answer to that question on the Ministry of Labor website or even call the Ministry of Labor, the answer he'll find is, yeah, that's the law. Maybe even it's more generous than the Mm -hmm. law. Why? Because, again, his minimum entitlements may be that much, but the the, the real answer, Stan, no, that's absolutely not the law. It's not even close to being the law. So you say you've been there for six years. You've been offered two weeks for every year. That's 12 weeks pay. That's just shy of three months pay. Of course, that's not the law. I mean, depending on on uh, your age and the type of job, you could be owed nine months pay, even 10 or 12 months pay if it's a senior position and you're older. Uh, You probably are not owed anything less than six months pay, irrespective of what the job was or how old you are. So no, that is not the law at all. Remember, your full entitlements are not a week per year or two weeks per year or three or any other amount. Your full entitlements are looked at or, or calculated based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So there's no direct correlation that you can say for every year you get this much. Some people may get a week per year. Some people may get six months per year. Uh, It it does depend on those factors. So you have to be very, very, very careful. So what you have to do, if you obviously been wrongfully dismissed, you're owed more than two weeks per year. Your colleagues have been wrongfully dismissed because they're going to be owed more than that as well. So you you need to give me a call, Stan, and you need to have your colleagues do the same, and and we need to talk about it and assess each of your individual entitlements. You can also go to the severance calculator to find out how much you're owed, but definitely, definitely do not, under any any circumstances, accept uh, what they've been offering you and tell your colleagues that as well because you're owed more no, no question about it. You know, and I, I hate flogging a dead horse, and we say this all the time, but every time we get an email like that, there's people going, what, what are you talking about? And again, just to uh, throw up the warning flag, do not head to the Ministry of Labor for this, yeah? 
Well, no, you can't. And, and, and we've talked about that. You absolutely cannot because you're going to get the wrong advice, not because they're, they're, they're trying to give you the wrong advice. It's because they're not telling you that their job is just to advise with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. But how are you going to know that, right? Unless you've heard us on the show, how are you going to know that when they've told you you only get two weeks pay, that that's just minimum, that you're owed much, much more than that? Now, every single time we talk about these things, there's people that email me right after, call me right after saying, oh, Lior, thank God that I heard your show because uh, I'm owed a lot more, except they've already sound, signed their severance offer or they were let go three years ago. Right. Remember, there's a two-year limitation period. Again, it's two years from when you've been let go. And once you sign off on that severance letter, that's it, unfortunately. You've accepted it. Even if you're actually owed another $50,000, if you've accepted the offer that's $50,000 deficient, there's still nothing you can do. And every single time I'm on the air and I talk about these topics, I, I get off the air, I check my phone, and there's emails or calls from people that have, are exactly in that situation. They've lost out on a lot of money that they're owed because they didn't know any better. Well, if you're listening to us now, you do know better. So please don't ever, ever accept something that's not adequate. You need to call anytime. It's 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. As we get through our uh, bundles of emails uh, today in the show, Sarah, she's next, says, uh, I am five months into my maternity leave and got a call on Friday that the company doesn't have a job for me and that they will be paying me severance. Are they allowed to do this? So thank you very much, uh, Sarah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate situation you find yourself in. And the short answer is, well, no, they can't do that. Here's why. The reason they can't tell you five months into your mat leave that they don't have a job is because their legal obligation is actually to do everything possible to take you back in the end of the mat leave. And because of that, when can they find out? When they can, can they determine whether they, they can meet that obligation? Well, not now, not five months into the mat leave. They can only make that determination when you're ready to return because maybe it is legitimate that today they don't have a job for you. But wait a second, you may not be back for another seven months or so. So in seven months, a hundred things can change. They may be in desperate need for someone like you. So how can they say today that I don't have a job for you seven months from now? I didn't ask you if you have a job for me seven months from now. I'm going to ask you that in seven months. <laughs> so because of that, they jumped the gun. Uh, John here, and, and they, by doing that, not only is this potentially a human rights issue, it's a violation of the Employment Standards Act. In other words, it's illegal. They can't do that. Uh, now, beyond that, if in fact they're, they're, they're lying, if there is a job, they just don't want to give it to, to her, uh, they don't want to give it to her because she was on mad leave, they want to find someone else, then that is a, even a, a more serious human rights violation. Either way, under no circumstances should you now just accept whatever they're offering. You could be owed more. They're not in a legal position to tell you five months into your mat leave that there's no job for you. You have to give me a call. You know, we say jokingly on the show that all the time that, the, you know, the T-shirts are coming. Don't mess with mama, right? <laughs> right? And I mean, you know, expand a little more on that. I mean, this is something you, you don't. You don't mess with a woman who's a mom or other an expecting mom, yeah? It is so simple, John. It really, really, really is. If you have an, an employee that's pregnant or that's uh, about to go on mat leave or there is or there is a mat leave, then you, you don't do anything. You simply allow them to do what they need to do. You do everything possible to take them back. That's it. You don't discipline them. You don't let them go. You don't make their life difficult. You don't change the terms of their employment. You just don't do anything. So how, how simpler can it be? You don't need to do something. You just don't do anything. And if you do, the law takes that very, very seriously. Uh, the law doesn't like it when you mess with mama. 
And if you do mess with mama, then there's the repercussions. Human rights legislation is going to potentially come down hard on you. Uh, you almost have this shield, this bubble around you if, if, you're a, if you're a pregnant employee or on maternity leave, and the employer cannot try to get around that in, in a creative way. Uh, so that, that's the best advice I can give to both employers and employees when it comes to these issues. And also goes with dads off too, right? That are off in paternity Absolutely. leave. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, so I guess we can do mama or papa. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and the bumper stickers to come, copyright, Leo Sanfiro. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, you can't. Anytime there's, there's a, a parental leave, if it's a father taking a parental leave because they've just had a baby, the same shield, the same protections apply. Don't punish someone. Don't change the terms. Don't make their life difficult. Uh, that's just uh, an invitation for legal action. one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple more emails before we wrap up uh, for this hour. It's the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to some more of your emails as we finish off this hour here. Anytime you need to get a hold of Lior, that is the number. And while we sit here for the remainder of this segment or anytime, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out what you're really owed if you have a severance package in front of you. Or if you're an employer looking to find out what you would owe an employee, if they're uh, going to be gone anytime soon, you can use the same one. There's an employer mode on there as well. Martin says, after 10 years with the company, my last two performance reviews have, uh, well, they've not been good. I'm afraid that the company is going to let me go. What do I do? Well, thank you very much, uh, Martin. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's very unpleasant. You, all of a sudden you feel that, you know, any, everything you do is not good enough and that the company's coming down on you and you probably don't think that's justified. But, but here's how this works. First of all, let's start with the proposition that, uh, you know, or, or the, the answer to the question, can they let you go? The answer is yes, they can, because as I've said right at the beginning of the show, an employer can let an employee usually go for any reason as long as severance is paid. So they can let you go. The, the real question should be, can they let you go for cause? In other words, can they let you go uh, without any compensation, without any severance? The answer to that is, well, probably not. In fact, it's extremely unlikely that they could be anywhere near cause. Cause is very, very difficult to establish. And to let someone go after 10 years for performance reasons, man, you, you really would have to establish that the person is going out of their way to, to slack off and mm-hmm. not do a good job and, and, and to, to just be uh, a bad employee. And that's extremely difficult to establish. So, no, I don't see any situation where they can let you go for cause, it would have to be without cause, i.e. with severance. Now, if you don't agree with your performance reviews, if you don't think that they're fair, say so, okay? Put that in writing. Make it clear that you don't agree. And beyond that, tell them what you specifically disagree with. And if they've said, you know, you, you messed up on this project, tell them what actually happened with that project. Tell them why that project did not work the way it should have, what your role was, what someone else did, uh, don't just accept a, a performance review if you don't agree with it. If you do agree with it, hey, do your best to improve. Ultimately, they're not going to be able to let you go for cause for performance reasons after 10 years. It's going to be very, very difficult. If they do let you go with cause, without cause, definitely, definitely give me a call. one 821 5900 is that number. Uh, Martin, we'll get to uh, Marge here. says, my company just offered me a promotion which I don't want to accept. Interesting email says, I don't want to accept it. So I would like to know if they can fire me for rejecting the promotion. Yeah. And and very good question. And uh, oftentimes we don't want to accept a promotion because it may mean a lot more work, maybe a lot longer hours. We don't have as much time to spend with our family and Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't mean a lot more pay. And so it's, it's quite common when someone's been offered a promotion 
even though on paper it may look good, they may not be too happy about it. So what does that mean? Uh, no, you don't have to accept a promotion. You absolutely do not uh, have to if it's not something that you want. Can they let you go? Well, again, they absolutely can let you go without cause and, and with full severance because they can let you go for any reason. But they know there's no way they can let you go for cause. Absolutely, it's not even debatable. If you decide not to accept a promotion, that is not cause. It's not even misconduct. You've done nothing wrong. So no, they cannot let you go without severance. But is it possible that because of that they may say, well, you know what, we don't think he's a team player, so we're going to let him go without sev- sorry, without cause and with severance. That is possible. Uh, so you can go to the severance calculator to determine whether or not that severance would be something that would be potentially worth risking your job over. But no, they cannot let you go uh, without compensation uh, and, and for cause. So you don't have to accept that promotion. Emails are help at employmenthour.com. Chuck here says, I've been trying to return back to work from a disability leave uh, over the past month. Not getting anywhere with my response uh, from my employer. What do I do? Well, thanks, Chuck. Uh, here's here's what you do. Uh, you, your employer should be responding to you. Your employer is required to take you back and, and do everything possible and engage in a discussion with you as to whether or not there are limitations, whether you need accommodation, uh, modified hours, etc. They can't just bury their head in the sand. Uh, maybe they've you know, kind of forgot about you. So they simply cannot do that. So you have to decide what you want here. Now, given the fact that they've ignored you for a month, do you want to still do whatever possible to go back to work? Or do you want to say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to treat my employment as being terminated. If you want to go with the first option, if you want to still do whatever possible, whatever you can do that's possible to get back to work, well, what I, I would do in that situation, I would simply, in my, on my behalf as, as your lawyer, I would send them a letter saying, you know, you better respond or else. And you know what? That's going to get you a response. They won't ignore you anymore in that situation. And hopefully we can work out an arrangement for you to go back to work. If you now feel upset, uh, maybe insulted that they've ignored you, you you can treat this as a termination. The fact that for a month they haven't responded, for a month they haven't taken you back to work or haven't engaged in a discussion as to how that return to work is going to happen then you can treat that as a termination and we can pursue a claim for a wrongful dismissal in that situation and there's potentially human rights issues. So, so Chuck, you have to decide. Do you want to go back to work or do you want to treat this as a termination of employment? Either way, I can help you. It just depends on, on what you want to achieve here ultimately. Another good show this week, my friend. Till next time, I will send off with some information and the email, if you didn't get yours read on the show today, we'll get to it at another time. It is help. At employmenthour.com, anytime you need to get a hold of Lior at the firm, it is 1-855-821-5900. And find out what you're really owed on that severance package. I guarantee you pretty much it's going to be lacking to some degree. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, the Employment Hour, it's right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.